I'm Mitch. I'm Keith. And this is the Layman's Term Show. The Layman's Term Show, where a couple lay people, not, not clergy, clergy, talk about where life and faith intersect and have some fun conversations. Yeah, buddy. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. How you doing? All right. Uh, what's, uh, what's, what's been going on with you? It's, uh, it's uh, 114 degrees below zero. Oh yeah. Here. It's been cold. Um, just staying warm. Yeah. Staying warm, staying inside. Hope all you listeners are staying warm. Hopefully when you hear this podcast, it's, it's the summertime warmer than it is right now. Yeah. Um, can't get much colder. It's definitely very cold outside and with all the kids inside 24 cause you can't let it, you can't kick them outside to go play. When it's negative ten degrees outside, yeah, you got to play really hard to keep the body temp up at this. Yeah, you know, it's not like it's not even like you can pull the cars out of the garage and let them play in the garage no, or something. Not worth it's cold. opening the garage. Yeah, yeah. So they're um they're right now they have a tent city made in the kitchen in the living room. They just haul the blankets from the kitchen to the living room, and uh, I came upstairs and I was like, all right, yeah. At least you're not jumping off the furniture trying to hurt yourself. Yeah, like the it's a game changer. Um, it's a game changer parenting whenever removed from your tool bag is go outside. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just go outside and play? Yeah, you know, it's <clears> like, <throat> whoa, yeah. how about we don't trash the kitchen, go outside. Well, yeah, and yeah. Shauna just spent like Sunday cleaning. So she got on the cameras and she's like, what in the world is going on? I'm like, Tent City. It'll be cleaned up before you get home. <laughs> she's like, better be. So, no, I was having a good time. So when we're, this uh We're talking about series, what's next. <clears throat> yeah, we're talking about what's next. Uh, we're in this series. Um, and so we're going to talk today a little bit about what's what's next after, after some loss. Um and obviously loss isn't just about losing a person in your life per se it could be it could take uh uh a large you know you could lose you lose a girlfriend you could lose your job you could lose uh maybe get in a fight with a really good friend and you know it's it's over so loss can can appear in uh various ways other than just um you know a person passing away right um and really, you know, talking about, I think after loss, that the main thing is that grief period, mm -hmm. right? The different stages of it. And the and... different stages and everything. So um, I really liked, I really liked this definition or perspective on grief, which is that grief is um, the loss of what could have been. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So you're not necessarily, you're like, you're losing your job, right? You, yeah, you're you're upset about losing your job, but it's like, what what could, in five years, what, what could I have been in that what, role? Yeah, or, you what, know? What cog was that playing in yeah. the remainder of your existence? Yeah, exactly. And I, and I, I don't know about you, but I think back sometimes with, um, you know, some points in my life where I, you know, decided to move somewhere and it didn't really turn out and we moved back, you know, and then I'm like, man, what if, what if I had, what if we had stayed there? What would that have looked mm -hmm. like? You know, um, 
you know, all those kinds of, all those kinds of, of points, um, you know, friends that I had that I, that I don't really talk to anymore. Uh, you know, I think about the, you know, the good times that we had, but then also like what, what, what also could have our mm. friendship been, you know, stuff like that. What about you? Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. My, uh, my personality type and, uh, I, I believe a lot. Um, there's a lot of providence, mm. uh, a lot of providence in life, and a lot of um, things are, you know, as we know here in the Midwest, it's seasons, right? Mm-hmm. There, we have all we have all four of the seasons, and they can all be the worst of the four seasons, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're a season. Mm. It's there's always change, and there's always so. Um, I like to think of things in seasons, and sometimes we have relationships that um, feel like feel like they're great, solid relationships. So they could be great, solid relationships, mm-hmm. and maybe they were for a season. Um, maybe the providence was that season of the other person in the relationship, yeah. or it was providentially in a season for you. Mm. Um, and it doesn't. Not every relationship has to be a lifelong relationship that ends with death, right? Yeah. So um, that's kind of the extreme view of approach to it. But I like to take a step back and see everything as a season. And what was the good in it? I guess that's my positivity yeah. shining through. So yeah. what's the good in it and what was? Um, so that helps me, that helps to keep me from... Um, w- Concerning yourself too much with what could have yes, been, correct. By focusing on, on what, what you was, had, what on was, what, you had, what yeah. you had, yeah, and what were the good things? What were the, what were the good things out of that? Yeah, I, 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 um, I like that. Um, also, I, caveat coming from a guy who part of it is my positivity, and part of it is, um, as uh, as we heard this week. Uh, I've serendipitously avoided <laughs> a lot of grief, right? It's sure. it's not of no uh, mechanism of my own. It just hasn't. I, I haven't experienced it. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in that large magnitude loss. Yeah, and some people, I think some people experience it, um, you know, a lot more in life. Some people uh, kind of lose, you know, their 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 childhood early due to events maybe a loved yep. one passing or something and it kind of that reality hits them too soon right and and so they kind of live that through that grief process a lot earlier than a lot of people do and it kind of changes how they experience future grief yeah yeah i would i would agree with that have you ever have you ever grieved over or uh felt bad or whatever you want to say uh at the loss of an inanimate object um like something in your life that's not a person or relationship or anything else you know i think we grieve i think we grieve change Mm. um so we're resistant to change Mm -hmm. so um because we know what to expect with things and even when things change for the better, I think we still grieve a little bit, yeah. right? Like, um, so the loss of an inanimate object that I actually 
You got family heirloom you dropped and it broke into a million pieces. Hmm. I've caused that. <laughs> I've caused I've caused problems like that. They've it's never had I've never been the one with the um the attachment to the object. <laughs> Somehow that seems very accurate. Uh, I had a. Tell me, tell me about yours. And I I'll have, see if I can come up with one. Yeah, minute. yeah. Think about it. I've had, I've had a, I've had a few. Um, I had this um, uh, little cross that my uh, grandmother gave me. It was a little turquoise cross outlined in silver, super small, you know. And I don't know. I must have been eight or nine when she gave it to me. And I wore it all the time, like all the time. Um, and and probably when I was twelve, thirteen, something like that. I was at the roller skating rink that uh, I roller skated a lot growing up, uh, and then I worked there uh, until you know a little bit into college. Um, and uh, I was at the roller skating rink, and I came home and I was in the car, and I realized I didn't. I I realized mm. the necklace was still there, but it had, the cross yeah. had broken off of it, right? Um, and and I was like devastated. I mean, devastated, uh, in in a few ways because uh, my grandmother had passed, and so like it was kind of like my memory mm. of her and everything that was really, um, anyways. So I was just, I mean, I was like, I was like, I was so upset um, that and my my mom went out and bought me another cross. Mm-hmm. This, which is the one that I wear now, um, like that day, right? Just to try to like ease the pain a little bit um well anyway uh the funny part is three years later three years later i'm at the roller skating rink and the front the part the parking lot and the front entrance where you come in um you know it's it's old there's there's cracks it's parking lot you know and i'm standing there and i and i think about her you know and i look down and it's right there in the crack what three years later uh, and it's and it's probably thousands upon thousands upon oh, yeah. thousands of people have come in and out of that place in three years, and it's and it's right there at the front. I mean, like five feet from the front door. Picked it up, was like, what the you know? So what do you do with it? And now is it in lock and key? So, yeah, so it's yeah, it, yeah, have it's it. in the safe at home. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, but it's in a safe place. Um, and uh, you know the. Uh, the funny part is uh, when I when I went to college, it got lost for a little bit too, and recently um, got it back. And same thing with my class ring. I lost my class ring uh, in my junior year because you know my 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 mom and my dad both were like. You gotta get it bigger than what your finger is now, right? Because uh, when you're when you're 20, when you're 30, when you're 40, your finger is gonna be bigger, right? So get it big and then wrap some yarn around it so it would fit. Um, well, you know when you first get a ring, you never worn one ever. Mm-hmm. It's weird, and then on top of it, it doesn't fit you. You know. Anyway, I lost it in the school, and then a couple months later, you know, somebody found it and and gave it back to me or whatever. So like. And the same thing, like when I went to college, there was a bunch of little things that just kind of like went by the wayside. And and uh, when we were cleaning out uh, my mom's house, we were like, I'm like, I looked at my brother and I was like, these are the th- these are the three things I need to find: my class ring, grandma's cross, and my and my letter jacket. You know, so it's like that's the kind of you know, 
yeah, inanimate yeah. object, but it's yeah. important to you right. for the feeling. Okay. Okay. So now I think I think I'm with you, but I think mine's a little different. I think I have some junk that I should get rid of, but I just can't. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. I think that's right. what mine is. Mine doesn't have. Yeah. My, it isn't necessarily like this big sentimental value to where it would mean so much to me if it was lost. I would. I just. I have no use for it. But you I, just don't want to throw it away. I have a hard time getting rid of it. Yeah. Um, like people in old trucks in their backyard for yeah, some reason. My first ever, <laughs> my first ever uh, baseball glove we're cleaning. I have it. Oh, I nice. Have it, right. Yeah. And it's awesome. I got it. It's 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 all leather. Does your really hand nice. fit into it? Anymore? I can force my hand. Yeah. In. It only goes a couple inches beyond yeah. my fingers, yeah. right? Okay. Um, you could force a hand into it, um, and it's this little glove. And uh, I thought, oh, I should, you know, should find some kid to, you know, yeah, nice pass it glove too, right? Yeah. But it's old, and they can get a new. Like, it's not doing a kid a favor, <laughs> right. giving them an old, gym, an like, old glove. Yeah, old, the know, newer gloves are probably nicer, way better. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I'm not doing anybody a favor. So then, therefore, it has it has it has no value. Yeah. It has no value to a child learning to play. Yeah. And it's just sitting on a shelf. You're not you're not super sentimental about it in such a way that if it fell off the shelf into a fire, you'd be like, Oh no. Yeah. But you, you wouldn't want that to happen to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You should bronze it. Oh. Uh my parents did with me and my brother's baby our first shoes. They they had it bronzed, you know, or whatever, and they have, it's like a bookends. Yeah. You know how you, you do know? that? You ever done that? No. So I I I did it in art school. I figured you I just dip it in bronze. No, it's completely different because so you take the object mm-hmm. and you have to um, you can make there's a couple different ways, but you have to make a mold of it, or it has to be. Um, so the item's not in it. It's just a casting of. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So there's a few different ways to do it, but so you ever seen like those bronze? Um. Anyway, you you make the plaster cast mold of it, mm. and then you can make like a wax copy. Mm-hmm. You make mm-hmm. a wax copy mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. and then the wax goes into a mold, mm-hmm. or the wax gets covered in plaster with a with a hole. You run a straw. Mm-hmm. To, the, to the wax and then you bake that thing and the plaster gets super hard and all the wax melts out okay then you melt the bronze and you pour it back in the cavity and then you beat all the plaster off it mm. and smash it to smithereens and the bronze sticks around and then you gotta clean it up and polish it and all dude, that dude you should bronze you should bronze you should do two bronze and make a bookends <laughs> That'd be kind of cool, right? Or or do like one of like your old one and one of your one now, and make them bookends. That'd be kind of cool. I, I only did that process <laughs> once. I don't even remember. I don't even. You remember, can pay somebody. I don't to even do remember it. what my bronze sculpture was. I was required to make a bronze sculpture oh, in college, cool. and I don't even remember what it was. Dude, that's super cool. Um, yeah. So I I think we can. I mean, I think we can. Um, you know, I think you can grieve for the loss of of things. Right, um, you know, uh, and even things that it, it doesn't make sense to someone else. Yeah. You know, like 
uh, Shauna has this uh, candy dish from her grandma, right? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, if it broke, it I would understand the process. You know, that she would grieve through that process, right? Um, but there's, I mean, there's there's things that, uh, you know, would would make no sense to people. You'd be like, why are you why are you upset about that? You know, um, but I think it's it's all all uh internal but i also think it's important to um you know to to go through that right to go through that process and i really think that the the best thing we're we're all going to go through that grieving process the key is what you do with it right i think that if you just sit in your grief um it's not good for you no i think it's an active process yeah kind of like the seasons right you have mm-hmm. to you have to go through it. You have to go through each. You have to go through them in stages to progress. Yeah, and they can come at different. They can come in different orders. They can come in different ways. But yeah, you have to progress. And you I can't. I think. Tell me if I'm wrong. Can't wallow. I guess. Right. You can't. You have to move Is that through a good it. Midwestern wallow. 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 Is that like wallow? A... Yeah, I think so. I think that's a Midwestern. Do do uh, New Yorkers know how to wallow in their own self grief? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think that I think personally, tell me what you think, uh, the end of the grieving process, the, the way that you know that you've gone through all the stages and not that you no longer grieve that thing mm-hmm. again, but is when you help others through their mm-hmm. similar grief. Mm-hmm. When you're finally, when you finally made some, some sense of your own grief and you've moved past it is when you can see others in that situation and when you, you healed, help them when you healed it. enough to help others heal. yeah um and i i uh i think that for me that's the that's the hardest part too right um because you always want to you know you recognize the situation you recognize that person's in a a similar situation as you or you're really close to them and maybe you 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 don't understand their particular yep. situation, um, you know, but it's always like, you know, you always feel like you have to find the right thing to say. No. Right? Exactly. You do, but don't. But don't. Don't. Yeah. I think, and I think with the grieving process too, like talking about this, I think something we could all do is in this conversation is use use the word more in conversation outside of the context of losing a loved one. Mm. We, if we use it, therefore um, the seasons and the process and um, going through it becomes less as part of the vocabulary. So we understand that these emotions aren't only tied to the loss of human life. Mm -hmm. Um, It can make, Whenever those major life-changing events do happen, yeah, um, we've got a little more vocabulary and context around it to help help travel through it. So I think um, I think that's one of the big things we can do is is use that word grief in relation, not being dramatic, right? But use it in relation to these um, less. Um, Lower, lower on the scale of devastation, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, 
know, the thing is too is such a charged word, grief. I th- that's what I'm saying. I think you we know. can. I think we can reduce if we start using it in conversation and take broad- the take the punch out of it. Yes, if right. we can broaden its application, we can reduce the um, punchiness of it. Yeah, and I I I think of another word just as an aside, the word accountability. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those charged words, mm-hmm. right? That you're just like, no, I don't like that word, right? Um, but you're right. The the more that we use it in, you know, kind of our every situational aspect, um, it becomes it becomes less of that charged word. I think, I think too the 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 denial portion of grief is uh, tough for a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you start. When you start down that path of trying to, you know, talk to somebody or help somebody, and you're and like, "Hey, ex- I know you're grieving this." Yeah. Well, I'm not. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, and it's especially yeah. to your point. Like, I'm having trouble like coming up with things here. Yeah. Well, there may be half a dozen things I'm in denial about. I don't even know it, and it's hard for you yeah. to help me. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, uh, it take and it takes. Uh, I think the un, the other unspoken thing, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent. Uh, we've talked about this before, not on not on air, but uh, men, especially in society. Now, maybe that'll change uh, with the next generation or the next generation or whatever. But we're still in that kind of uh, viewpoint or frame point that we're supposed to be strong in these situations, and we're mm. not supposed to have. Not necessarily. We're not supposed to have emotions, but we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be strong and lead through these things. So when things happen to us, it's it's difficult to to feel that and move past that denial and get and get through that, unless it's some life changing, you know, occurrence, right? Um, and I I definitely remember a few times um, in my previous work where. You know, we had reorganizations a lot, so you would lose your job. Thirty days to find a new job within the same organization, or you know, here's a here's a three months pay, six months pay, or whatever. Uh, and there was a lot of times where that stuff hit me hard. Uh, but then, as I as I became a husband, and then I became a father, you know, you had to show strength in those times of like, no, hey, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. You know, even though internally you're like, what are you going to do? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think we can do ourselves a favor too by trying to recognize those situations when they happen. And because because you're internalizing it, just saying it externally doesn't make you weak either, Mm -hmm. right? I think that's kind of a, a... a strong point. I wonder if women feel the same way. Oh yeah. You think? If only we had a caller. <laughs> we should. We should have had a caller. But um and hey, a little plug. Reach out to us. Send us an email. Yeah. Go through the uh go through the uh carney.church website. Go to the group life page. Uh yeah. Go on the on the contact form or what would you know down on that page. Uh, send us a note. It'll come. It'll get to me eventually. Yeah, it'll get to me. It'll get to me <laughs> or Keith. And uh, if you have a topic or if uh, you're interested in being a caller, um, uh, drop us a line there. Yeah. Um. 
we find these conversations are way better with uh, interesting, with with interesting someone, more more interesting than us. So which is find, just about everybody. If you find yourself more interesting than us, um, so if you're breathing, <laughs> go um, drop can, us a line. If you can string a sentence or two together, um, so if you know how to use words, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm going to end it with because uh, we're we're wrapping out of time. Because that sand is rapidly coming to a close. I think so too, and I think it might have been. I think it even got slowed down. I think there's. I think it's even cold. The sand's cold. The sands of time are cold. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna wrap it up with. I think. I think if you're in a situation right now where you're experiencing grief, lean on people around you that um, you trust and 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 care about. Don't um, don't think that you're being a burden on others. Mm-hmm. In this time, uh, and then vice versa. If you're someone that is not experiencing uh, a, a a big grief moment, um, look look around you and and see if you can if you've got a relationship with somebody that is uh, potentially in a grieving moment and reach out to them and and all you have to say is uh, Can I bring you a hey, casserole? Hey, can I? What can I? What can I do? And hey, if you I'm are here to grieving, listen, I'm wanna, here to listen. This is yeah. If and if you and if you are grieving, and somebody offers to bring you a casserole, let them bring the casserole. Yep. It's gonna be. It may not be good, but it'll be good for them <laughs> to bring you the casserole, and it feels good that someone is um, that that someone cares. Let the fact that someone cares not be a burden to you either. Yeah. Let them. Um, let them care for you. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, Keith, what, we got a few moments left. Moment. What's your uh, what's your go to casserole Ooh. for for helping for helping you? You you like to cook. I like to cook. What's that? Dude. What's what's your go to meal meal delivery for um, uh, somebody who might need a meal or may not need a meal, but you feel like it's the only thing you can do? Yeah, I, it depends on what season. What we're season in. we're in? I love it. We're right, in, right. It's very seasonal. Fourteen below zero. Uh, you make people some chili. Below. See, you could go with you could go with some nice soup. Um, I do make some really good soups. Chili's good. The the problem is the the reheating transportation ability of it. Yep. So I would say right now I'm either going to go with I'm either going to go with um, a nice uh, thing of enchiladas. Yes. Okay. Because you can if if they got a bunch of casseroles, you can pop that in the freezer. Right. And then you can put that in the oven at any point, you know, and those things are good for like six months. Right. Um, so nice, nice enchiladas. Uh, Shauna makes an amazing cream cheese chicken enchilada. Mm-hmm. It, oh, it's so yeah, good. I love that one. It's so good. Got the green chilies in it. Green chilies. So, cream cheese. Yep. Obviously, it's in the name. Take a rotisserie yeah. chicken. Oh, cut yeah. it up. Oh. Some cream cheese, some green chilies. Black olives. Uh, not everybody's an olive fan. I know, that's the hard part. So it's like you, you, you're trying part. to cook for someone else, so don't do the olives. Um, and then, you know, put a little, put a little, I like the green chili sauce, like the yeah, green chilies the green and the green enchilada, enchilada sauce, sauce inside, yeah. red on the outside. <gasps> no way. And then cheese it up, right? Yeah. And you know, lots of cheese on top. So that's a good one. So cream cheese, chicken enchiladas, or, um... We make a really good, um, like you do, like a, a macaroni kind of like the 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 big twirly noodles, Capavelli, you know, kind of noodles, some chicken breasts, nice sauce on it, right? Wrap it up, freeze it, 
you know, it's nice chicken and noodles. Who doesn't like chicken? Who doesn't like noodles? You know, it's kind of like a chicken and mac and cheese, but just it's not mac and cheese, right? But cream cheese, chicken enchiladas are mine. That's solid. That's solid. How about you? Uh, I like uh, um, fixing people stuff. I like fix folks soups, um, casseroles, uh, like uh, shepherd's pies, Ooh, uh, yeah. chicken pot pies. Mm. Um, you know, those are kind of those are kind of fun. They're not. And the enchiladas, the chicken enchiladas is one that's on. My recipe is sour cream, not cream cheese. But I okay. think I'm now. I think I'm now oh, gonna melt half, a blo- melt half a block in there. Um, it's good to kick that up a notch. Um, and then always ask, uh, always ask the question when you're offering to bring a meal. There's a great way to ask it: is Do you have any food allergies or aversions? Or aversions. Yeah. It's a great way. It's a great way to just, yeah. you know, yeah. Make sure you meet the. Uh, also, don't just bring a casserole. Bring the sides. So cream cheese, chicken enchiladas, bring some chips, bring maybe a little jar of salsa. Chopped serrano chili peppers. Salad is always a good side with anything. Just get you a little bag, a bag of, salad, of salad. But put it in a container, right? Like, don't just, here's a bag of salad for you. Like, Ooh, put it no, in an aluminum foil tray is what mm, I like. No. Nope. Put a little cheese and stuff on nope, half I of like, it, plain I, on the other half. I like leaving it in the bag. Mm, okay. Because. Teach the room. Well, because it's just like stock in the fridge. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, now, any other time than winter, I'm, I'm, I'm smoking something. Bar- yeah. you know how, long, how long, Keith? Let's wrap it up. How long would it take today outdoors on your smoker to uh, take a nice pork shoulder to, uh, to done this? Uh, normal, ne- it was negative normal, six when I walked in here. Normal pork. Pork shoulder would take me about 12 hours normally on a good day. I'm going to probably add another four hours to it. But the key is you got to get you some blankets that you don't care about. And then you're just going to wrap that sucker up in blank, like the whole smoker in blankets to insulate it. But you're going to add at least another two to four hours to it. Good grief. It is cold. Well, cool. uh, that's it. Stands the times right now. You all stay warm out there, and uh, you give us a call. Yeah. Um, well, not a call. You can't call us, but drop I mean, us a line through the website, and we'll call you. There you go. See you.